Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. Coming up, a conversation with David Bajoni of Brave Strategy comes to Brave Strategy with a wealth of knowledge from CPG, beverage alcohol, agency work, and most recently at Canopy Growth as the Chief Commercial Officer. David Bajoni, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jay. Uh, it's good to have you, and I'm glad we do, and we're going to take as much time as you will give us. Um, for those that don't know and are not creeping you on LinkedIn like I am or have been, um, you have worked for some of the biggest brands, well, some in the world, but certainly in Canada, from Unilever to TD to everybody's favorite uh, sort of venture communications, which is Arlene Dickinson's uh, company, to Molson Coors, to Canopy, and now to your own thing. Talk about what, all, if I add those things up, what does it say about you and your background? Yeah, well, listen, uh, your career kind of unfolds over time and it's not till you reflect on it and look back that you really get a sense of it. So when you look at my career, certainly Unilever was my foundation. I mean, that is a, as a, just a marketing powerhouse. Those fundamentals were so important for me. And one of the things they instilled too was the combination of marketing and sales. So throughout my career, I haven't just been a marketing leader, but I've gone back and forth between marketing and sales. And it just helps you connect the dots and be more efficient uh, in how you look at it but also just thinking about it through, through both lenses. So I think that, you know, that was the foundation. And when I left and uh, after eight years and worked for Arlene Dickinson, I worked on, you know, new brands, mature brands, uh, startups. And through that environment, instead of just working on a couple brands at a big place, you're working on 15, 20 of them. And it's just that experience just accelerates in such a quick way when you think about strategy and communication planning and kind of execution. And then I was ready to get back to kind of a bigger place to make a bigger impact. And at this point in my career, we're talking about, you know, 2008, um, I was ready for a change. I was ready to kind of go back to the client side from the agency side. And I did some work on a personal discovery purpose, right? Around kind of saying, what, what do I want to be when I grow up? And what, uh, what I defined as kind of my vision or the, the, the um, metaphor I'd used is I want to be part of bringing the Olympics to a city. Why? Because it's big, meaningful, and important, and it has a beginning, middle, and end. And that idea of driving change and creation is something that I've loved to do through my career. I love to kind of go onto brands and change them, fix them, do that. And that brought me to Molson Coors. And Molson Coors, I joined as director of marketing on Molson Canadian. This was a brand that was infinitely famous through the 90s. And in the early 2000, right after the, the rant, which was one of the most famous Canadian commercials, the, the business went on a 10-year decline. And through that period, there was a new marketing director every year, and they came in, and they made an ad, and it didn't work, and a new director came in, and then I joined in 2008. And uh, I came in with a, a change mandate and kind of drove that and drove Molson Canadian through to the Vancouver Olympics, where we really kind of owned the show with Molson Canadian Hockey House and the like. So what I loved about that experience was getting back, making a big impact, doing it on a big stage. But then, you know, after that, it's about refinement. It's about bringing things, making them tighter, making mm -hmm. them cleaner, simplifying. And I would, where I would say that Unilever really drove my marketing skills. I would say that Molson is where I probably learned the most as a leader and I developed as a leader. 
And that was really kind of important in my journey, particularly as you go from a director to a, you know, a VP or, or a chief level, you just have a different stance and a different view on your company, on the industry, on talent. And Molson is where I kind of learned that, which then brought me to Canopy, where it was really about pulling all these things together, right? It was pulling together marketing and sales. It was about pulling together and drawing on those learnings from both CPG and uh, beverage alcohol. Uh, but also, you know, drawing from that entrepreneurial phase, you know, at working with Arlene. And, you know, that brought me to, to cannabis. And I'll be honest, it wasn't really on my radar. And I saw Bruce speak at a conference, uh, as many have. And, uh, and uh, after that, that conversation or after that, that presentation he made, I'm like, wow, I had no idea. Hey. You know, recreational, medical, Canada, global and innovation pipeline a mile long, pharmaceuticals, beverage, alcohol, like you name it from an interest perspective. And it just kind of captured my imagination and I had the opportunity or was, you know, for the CMO role at Molson. And I kind of felt, you know, I'd kind of done that and uh, it was a great opportunity to make that move. And I did that in the middle of 2017. Yeah. And it was changing for me. You know, we did things in weeks that would take us months, right? We did things in months that would take us years. And we, we know the kind of cannabis, cannabis a day is a week, you know, what, what, what have you, everybody's got their own take on it. But that was it. But what you were is you were empowered, right? Those processes and systems, you didn't need them. You needed some of them, right? You needed those foundational elements that make a business work, whether it be stage gate or, you know, weekly, you know, check-ins or business reviews. You need those fundamentals to kind of operate a business, but sometimes they're over-processed, right? They're over-processed, over, over, overused as to limit, limit. And, you know, I've been at places where, you know, from my IT perspective, it was like, no, right? You know, always no, right? And everything we did at Canopy through that period was like, yes, we can do this. You know, we can open stores on this timeline. We can, you know, introduce innovation here. We can kind of drive uh, the change that we're looking for in, in many different aspects. So I think all that came together, which is why I really enjoyed, you know, that experience. And it's that experience that really, you know, got me here to where I am today in launching Brave Strategy. And in launching Brave Strategy, what I am borrowing from is that entrepreneurial time at Canopy, that scaling of the organization, that working in, in, a, in an emerging business at the time, although a unique one in a unique industry. But through that period, uh, I love the, the building that capability and capacity and driving and developing the strategy from really nothing. You know, before, you know, 2018, you looked at the US for data. You know, then you started to get it here, but only some of it for some products in flower. And then 2.0, all right, now you got the pieces of, you know, the chess pieces are on the board. Right? You see what people have brought to market. You got the sense of pricing strategy. Now the hard work is, is how are you going to optimize that over time, right? How do you now win? Who's winning today and why? And do you understand it? And then how do you turn that into an advantage or re refocus yourself uh, on the right ways? Because the board over the last couple of years has just keep changing. But I think now it's going to have some stability and we've got to figure out what we do with that going forward. Right, and how to play on it, right? Because it's, it's also, it's not the same size board that it was a year ago or two years ago, the board has now expanded. And now that it's, it, it is chess, but in some cases it's three-dimensional chess because you can't be, it can't necessarily be everywhere all the time because there's going to be too many 
retail locations, too many different things across provinces, not enough supply to actually meet those things. Like there's still so many different factors that you have to push and pull on top of the fact, who are you trying to reach? What's the strategy to get them to buy your, buy and use your product once and then over time? And then what are the relationships with the retailers like? And, and that's actually, you know, I think some of the next big hurdles that many of these brands will jump new or established brands is like how to actually operate in this new environment, which is different and apart from what it was a year or two years ago and have people's behaviors changed dramatically or not at all in the midst of a year when it's just been the weirdest year ever in terms of COVID. And I guess that's the type of thinking thought uh, processes that you are now bringing in what brave strategy is going to be to your clients. Am I right? Exactly. Because when you look about kind of strategy and implementation and game planning, you need, you need a set of data to respond to. So you're at a place now where you've got the chips are on the table and how are you using insights and data to turbocharge that? How are you trying to distinctiveness in white spaces, discovering them uh, uh, where they don't exist or, or neutralizing them in other cases where someone has an advantage? So you have to play offense and defense at the same time. And I think it's about having the skills around you to do that, which means you need teams that are deep into data, that can, un that can drive those insights, both on a shopper and, and you know, customer perspective, but also as a consumer perspective, right? Needs, behaviors, you know, purpose. Like how is that all coming together to help drive that? And is it going in the same direction in the same way? So I think that's part of when we talk about brave, you know, helping leaders uh, be more brave in the pursuit of growth. It's about having the insights, the data and the belief and the, the purpose, right? Making sure as a business, you know who you are and why you are and where you're going. And the clearer that purpose is, the more clear the way you execute will come and the, the, the better you can better align, you know, the talent behind you or your teams behind you and, and operate with purpose. And I think that's what consumers are expecting today. It's what you know, shareholders are expecting today. And it's about that focus. And I think in the early days, it was a little bit of too much, everyone being everything. Yes. And I think that's what's got what's to play out over the next little while is how is that, how is that going to come to focus and just yeah, it's interesting. Talk a little bit about how you guys are going to work because I read the piece in strategy about sort of the, you know, fractional leadership component of what you guys are doing and working with with companies and brands to to to, to work with them as sort of from your from your perspective. Talk about it because I know we we've seen similar, let's say, fractional leadership coming in, whether it's related to like interim CFOs or in some case sort of law professionals on very specific things. Talk a little bit about how you aim to operate sort of in this realm. Yeah, I mean, listen, marketing and the consumer is at the center of a lot of businesses. Right? And so the better you understand that, the better you can, can move forward. So what uh, we look at is say, how do we, you might not need a full-time CMO. You might, you might need a full-time director that needs some guidance or direction. You might have a team in place but you need some oversight. And it'll really come down to the CEO and the leadership team. What's their background, right? Are they commercial, commercially led? Are they finance led? Are they operationally led? And I think the needs will, the opportunities or the needs will differ as it relates to that. But it is about kind of augmenting that, but not augmenting it as a consultant that comes in and gives a report and goes away, but more in a hands-on view, right? So if it's a two to three day commitment with uh, uh, an emerging business, it's about being connected enough, being around the leadership table, contributing, not just as a marketer, as a, but as, uh, as part of the leadership team 
and helping to push these questions forward around purpose, around operating model, around margins and around efficiencies, you know, the things that are important to drive return to the overall organization. So the model uh, is a little different uh, because you're not a consultant, you're not in there all the time, but you gotta be there enough. You gotta be engaged enough. You have to have the details to operate and to make decisions. But I think that comes from a couple places for me. It, it's not just the canopy experience, but it's drawing uh, throughout my career from, from Unilever and Venture and Molson. Those experiences, they collide. And it is the variety of categories and roles that I've had that I think just provide me a little edge in that space as it relates to uh, being able to look at businesses from different aspects. I think so too. And I think uh, we were talking a bit before we came on that I think there are, um, obviously you've had this deep background in working with huge brands, uh, smaller brands sort of on the agency side, uh, working at really well-established companies that have been around a hundred years, working for now seemingly really established companies that had been around like three and four years and launching with. And so I think there's, there is this mindset that you probably bring to it that is unique. Uh, both with a deep background in sort of established brands, a background in sort of new and emerging brands in a new and emerging space that is all net new. There's still new things happening all the time. And I think that is why, why we like talking about cannabis all day, every day. But I think yeah. also why it, it lends itself to exper experience sort of marketing professionals like you who can actually bring that whole experience and background to it. Yeah. Great. And the... Um... I think it is that that combination of marketing and sales that we talked yeah. about too, right? Like it is that kind of commercial lens because they got to be connected. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to get the right execution at the at the back end. Yeah. Well, David, I really appreciate you making time because I know these are early days in your sort of new startup venture, and we always appreciate that. Um, we look forward to having you back to sort of get your perspective of what you were seeing in the landscape. And um, but we appreciate your time and we wish you good luck. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was B of C Live with David Bigioni. If you are listening to this podcast, we encourage you to rate and review this show wherever you're listening. Thank you for joining us on B of C Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Headset, Gallagher, and Torque and Mains.